Do you like it? It's wonderful. I've never tasted anything like it. Of course you haven't. What is it? The milk of human kindness. There are more good things in this life, Scrooge, than you can possibly imagine. I'm sure there are. Can I have some more? Ebenezer Scrooge, the sins of man are huge. A never-ending symphony of villainy and infamy, duplicity, deceit and subterfuge. And no one's worse than Ebenezer Scrooge. No man's a handy candidate for hell. I must admit, life sometimes has its brighter side as well. I like life. Life likes me. Life and I fairly fully agree. Life is fine. Life is good. Especially mine, which is just as it should be. I like pouring the wine, and why not? Life's a pleasure that I deny not. I like life here and now. Life and I made a mutual vow. Till I die, life and I, we'll both try to be better somehow. And if life were a woman, she would be my wife. Why? Why? Because I like life. It's all very well for you, but not for me. I hate life. Nonsense, man. Why? Because life hates me. That's right. Scrooge, you're an even bigger fool than I took you for. I've never heard such a lot of self-pitying drivel. You don't even know how to live. Now you listen to me. I like life. Well, go on. I like life. That's better. Life likes me. Life likes me. Good, good. I make life a perpetual spree. Perpetual spree. Eating food. Drinking wine. Thinking food like the privilege to dine me. I like thinking the drink I'm drinking. That's better, Scrooge. I like thinking the thoughts I'm thinking. I like songs, I like dance, I hear music and I'm in a trance. Tra la la! Wumpa pa! Chances are we shall get up and brag! Well, there's music and laughter, happiness is right. Why? Why? Because I like Merry Christmas! Good evening to you! Um, <laughs> welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, broadcasting from Sunshine Radio at St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. I am Tosin, and for the next hour and a half, I am your very own ghost of Christmas past, going back in time to relive some of your favorite Christmas viewing memories. And joining me for this festive edition is our very own Christmas fairy, Sharon. Hello. Hang on a second. 
Hello. <laughs> Hello, Sharon. Ho, 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 I should say. Yeah, you think I was thinking of calling you a very own Christmas elf or fairy. I think fairy's better. Probably. I have got elf ears. Not on, but I have got them. I should have worn them, shouldn't I, really? <laughs> I thought, I was like, really? I guess your hair always covers your ears, so I never actually saw your ears. <laughs> so I never realised your ears were elfin. And, um, yes, and owing to some of his views on Christmas movies, we have our very own Scrooge, Sean. Hiya. How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, good, good, good. I thanks. hope you liked what we played, because that the music we've kicked off with was I Like Life, <laughs> from 1970s version of the movie Scrooge, starring Albert Finney as Scrooge. That's sung to him by the ghost of Christmas present. And because Sean had, you've expressed some dissatisfaction <laughs> shall we say with christmas movies i don't think it's so much dissatisfaction i just think it's that i haven't i, I just think it's that i haven't seen too many of them really i haven't or i haven't paid attention to them you know i've caught a few here and a few there yeah but i've not really um i've, I've not really paid too much attention to christmas movies it's not that i'm not a Christmassy person because I think it's quite fun but it's just the movies don't really do it for me okay, but I hope that helps oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hope that helps because I know yeah. that that is your fa- one of your favourite yeah, Christmas movies yeah that is one of the, the more the, the the Christmas films that I do I do like there are there are some Christmas films I like. <laughs> All right, okay, we've got a bit of a pack show today and I will explain why in a second so we've got to move on which because usually we have um, and essentially Sharon could you explain to the people what usually happens on this show What normally happens is on They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, as the title implies, we go back in time to before 1980 and we look at three different types of films. We look at your genuine classics, those films that are made, that everyone knows, everyone remembers, and they have a genuine place in our hearts and our affections. So we have these bona fide classics. And then we sort of dig a bit deeper and we try to find those hidden gems, the films that are just as good but they're just not as well known and so we explore those looking at, again these trying to unearth these hidden yeah jewels of films that yep. people have forgotten and then just so that we can give a nod to modernity we look at exceptions to the rule these are films that are made after 1980 but we think get under the same scrutiny hold up the, with the test with those classic ones so if you're looking at our christmas films you want to say if you say the perfect christmas film is It's a Wonderful Life, you think, okay, would Love Actually be compared? Could you compare it? Would you say it has the same quality? And Uh, if you say not, then that's not an exception. That is awesome. That is awesome, especially with absolutely no forward knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) That is really, really, really well done. But okay, so um, you said that, and now... Usually, we speak to people in the, in the hospital as well, and we ask them a question about the first time they ever saw in the cinema. But today, we've thrown a net out wide, along with throwing out the usual format of the show. So the usual format of the show, if you want to come back next week onto the podcast or come and listen to us next week to figure out what it... Actually, no, we're going away for Christmas until... Come back in the new year to figure out what it is that we do. But today, we're asking people the question, what is your favorite Christmas movie and why? Because for Christmas is happening next week, we decided to give in to it. And while we get answers, we still are going to get answers for some people in the hospital. We also threw the question out on our Facebook page, and it's slightly kicked off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah people, have, people have strong feelings about this. I mean, I know we've spoken about this, but as I said, we've had about 20 people get back in touch. So we're going to have to race through what they've said and try and find something good to say about these in the next uh, 80 or so minutes. So... Um, so, I just want to say a quick thank you to all the people who go back in touch. So, we have uh, speaking to Tosin, Tosin Ogunlesi, not me, but another guy, Tosin Ogunlesi. Laura, 
Jackie, who was in the hospital in Alveston Ward, who we spoke to earlier today. Linda, who was also in Alveston, who I spoke to earlier today. Jennifer Juneman, Tony Woodward, Shamini Bundell, Neil Montero, Seb Juneman, Shagun Lusanya, yeah, him again, him again. Um, Holly Jenkins, Holly Jenkins, Holly Jenkins, Ollie Bartlett, Peter Jenkins, Taiwo Bailo, Glenn Spires, Benga Ludotu, Mike Brownett, and Joe Briscoe, who all got in touch on Facebook. We will be zooming through your choices and trying to give them as much, well, trying to do them as much justice, justice as five yeah. seconds will allow us to do. <laughs> so, without further ado, okay, but because we're talking about Christmas movies and Christmas classics, I've thought about it and I've come up with a couple of rules that I think a film has to have to be a Christmas classic. And the first one is a bit weird because it's hard to actually plan for that. But it's something that people must have grown up with at some point. That it's like, oh yeah, we watch it every Christmas, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got to have that kind of quality that ends up being that kind of thing. It's got to have a protagonist who for some reason or other is not the greatest at the beginning of the film or is missing something at the beginning of the film. They have to go through some great obstacle or ordeal that's in his, her, its way. And then through going through the obstacle, they have to come to realize and subscribe to the true meaning of Christmas and therefore life. Yeah. I think that True. you put those things together, you have yourself a good Christmas movie. Because yeah, I think you can have, you can. some people might be fooled into thinking that a Christmas movie is the same thing as a bank holiday movie. Oh, no, 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 no. Because there's no, some no. films that are played every Christmas, but they could equally be played at any bank holiday. Yes. So some people think The Great Escape is a great Christmas movie because they've probably seen it every Christmas for all of their lives. And nope. every bank holiday. And every bank holiday. <laughs> it's not a Christmas movie. The, that, the Wizard of Oz, it's not a Christmas movie. That's a bank holiday movie. It's a bank holiday movie. Yes, that's a bank we, holiday We know where we stand. Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> so we're going to dive straight in. We're going to dive straight in and we're going to try and attempt to play some music, but because of time, we're probably going to have to cut most of the tracks we play today short, which would be good anyway for licensing on the podcast podcast because we don't have that but anyway <laughs> so, so the first choice we have is from Tosin Ogunlesi who says the holiday because it makes him feel all warm and funny inside with the Hans Zimmer soundtrack so this is the holiday movie it was starring Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet and it had a soundtrack by Hans Zimmer so let's listen to a little bit of this soundtrack by Hans Zimmer hang on a second what's up with Hans Zimmer oh there we are
So that's a little bit of the soundtrack from The Holiday by Hans Zimmer. Tosin, he said on he said on Facebook that this is one of the big things why he likes this film. So we're not gonna try we're not, we're not trying to be like also of like stereotypical here with gender roles and everything like that, but Sean and I haven't really seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and Sharon, you're the only one of us who's actually so I've seen bits of this film. I know that he has Eli Wallach in it and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know what the basic premise is, but we just tell us the holiday. What is, so if we look at our rules for a Christmas film and all that kind of yeah. stuff, fire away. What is the what's the main the thing? The holiday has two main protagonists played by Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet, and they both live. One lives in America, Cameron Diaz, and one lives in Britain, Kate Winslet, and they're both unhappy with their lives for different reasons. And they go onto this website where they do like a house swap, where you can basically sort of just move into each other's houses for the holiday period, for the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. And so they do. And so through this house swap, they're then exposed to new things, and then they discover their true meaning of Christmas. One, Kate. Winslet through friendship with her her neighbour with um, Cameron Diaz's neighbour played by Eli Waller and Cameron Diaz through romance by she meets Kate Winslet's brother played by Jude Law and he's got like a young family and so she discovers what it means to see Christmas through the eyes of a family and Kate Winslet sees Christmas through the eyes of loneliness of old age and she's they they both reach out in new ways all right cool cool I may I may have actually seen this <laughs> it sort of rings a bell with Eli Wallach so maybe yeah, because, oh, I might because, have seen bits of it because yeah. obviously Eli Wallach because he's is, an old guy isn't he yeah, yeah, yeah he's an old guy he's like a screenwriter or something and he yeah. they, they, they decided to put on a benefit for him perhaps perhaps yeah maybe perhaps I've seen that well, and Jude Law does the famous Mr Napkin head have you seen the Mr. Napkin head? No, well, I haven't. Well, you basically put like a, a, a big your, your, your napkin over your head and you poke it in your mouth and then you go wah, 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 and you talk Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> Mr. Napkinhead. Black, blank looks all round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I, I can honestly I'll say I'll demonstrate, never... but it doesn't really work on radio. <laughs> well, well, I haven't seen it then. <laughs> because, well, no, because I know that because Eli Warlock, obviously, Eli he's, Wallach, he's yeah. form, famous from like Good, Bad and the Ugly and all that. And this is him where he plays like an older man who yeah. who yeah becomes friends. But does, but Kate Winslet also has a bit of a romance, doesn't she? Does she does with Jack Black, yeah. With, because this is Jack Black showing up. And this was in a time, I think it was after School of Rock and all that. And it was him doing like a romantic lead yeah. which which you don't really see that much yeah, it's not so, the main storyline with Kate Winslet but it's where she's almost got like a seemingly perfect boyfriend in England but he just doesn't he neglects her and he's a little bit manipulative and it's not quite right we, we, we all know he's not the one for you Kate and so when he goes to America and he's in love with someone else Jack Black is and it's but it's you, you go he's not the one for you Jack move does, on does, and yeah, they yeah. sort of see each other at last. But Sharon, not, uh, does it? She actually are they actually connected with each other online or something? And her bloke's got a girl in the room or something? No, was that not? In I that? can't remember that film bit. anyway. Oh well, okay. I can't remember that. No, bit. it can't be then. But it is. Um, but yeah, Kate Winslet has like a picture perfect English cottage, and it's prettily. It snows very prettily. Yeah, no. And no. It, which you know, when does that ever happen? And exactly. Then, then Cameron Diaz's house is like this perfect Hollywood home with the pool, with the marble everywhere, and clean lines. So you've got these two contrasts. It's a little bit stereotypical, but it has got that feeling of you know, sometimes you just need to move outside of your own little world to see what the world has to offer. It looks like you enjoyed it actually. From the way I you've did been quite enjoy it. It's a good film, yeah. I mean, I didn't love it, but I did enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed it. And it's a film that you can sit and watch at Christmas. You go, yeah. So, so okay, with what Tosin said, it says warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It warm, is warm fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. <laughs> that, that's what we want from our Christmas movies. Warm, warm and fuzzy. And fuzzy. Yes. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, cool. So good stuff. So good enough to stuff the holiday. The holiday. Good stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was surprised that that was like his favorite Christmas movie ever. But apparently, it seems like that film has quite a following. A lot of people yeah. have a lot of fondness for it. I think I, I dismissed it as a rom com when it came out, which is probably why I didn't watch it. Yeah. And at that time, I was having a real, real bad reaction to Jude Law. I was not liking him. So, <laughs> so I did it. So yeah, I, I did not particularly want to watch that film. But yeah, maybe I'll go I'll go track that down. All right, cool. Thank you very much, Tozid. That's your five seconds. Now go away. Now <laughs> so, and now next up we had Laura Norris on Facebook and she said White Christmas. She said White Christmas for the music and dance routines and the colour. Oh, perfect. She also said it's a wonderful life for the storyline and you don't realise that it's black and white by watching it. Now, I went to the um, hospital earlier and I spoke to Jackie and Jackie... Oh, yeah, it was it was quite busy in Alveston, uh, adopted ward in the hospital. And Jackie um, didn't want to be recorded, but she did actually say that she liked It's a Wonderful Life. She, It's funny because she mentioned exactly these same two movies. She said, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, the other one I would have thought of would have been White Christmas. Well, White Christmas is a bit corny, <laughs> so she puts it. She says, It's a Wonderful Life is more realistic. And if you know... If all you know of It's a Wonderful Life, it's his reputation, you might be confused by that statement, seen as it's a film about a man who's taken into an alternate reality by an angel. Yeah. So, but uh, but if you watch the film, like I watched it for the first time last year, and I understand what she's talking about it being uh, being realistic. Yeah, it's quite bleak in places. It's, yeah, it's desperately sad in places. It really, really is. I think it's... Um, it's well, the thing is, it's, with, it's a wonderful life. It's, it's one of those films that I always thought... Because it's you know how people nowadays when they try and make kids TV or something like that they think oh everything's gonna be nice and everything's gonna be safe and all yeah. that but I think you look at the classic kids TV shows and it's got, it's like they show you a darkness they show you this is how bad things can get and therefore the triumph at the end is so much more is so much better and I feel like it's a wonderful life it's one of these films that uh, we've got a little bit of a clip that we're gonna play it comes towards the end of the film which is just like this sort of outpouring of emotion and everything and it and that outpouring of emotion and that high only really works if you ask me because of how rubbish everything <laughs> before yeah. it has been because of how rubbish everything that uh, George Bailey played by Jimmy Stewart everything that he's been through and all that so here's the clip from the end of It's a Wonderful Life So this is the bit at the end of the film, and I don't think it's too much because the film is all about it's. It starts off with George Bailey, who is played by Jimmy Stewart, who is doing all the yelling of "Merry Christmas!" There, he goes from a place of wanting to throw himself off a bridge to that, and I think because you see what's going on in his life, and he's a man who hasn't really ever done anything for himself. He's always sacrificed everything for everybody else, and it seems that all he's ever got in it is kicked in the teeth and yeah. kicked down and all that. And this is a bit at the end where he kind of like decides it's still worth it. It's still yeah. worth having life. It's, Cause, yeah, because yeah. he's shown how bleak the world would be if he'd never been there. Yeah. Because as bad as he thinks his life is and all the dreams he's not 
that have not come true for him and all his ambitions that have just failed. Yeah. They say, well, this is what would happen if you hadn't been here. Mm-hmm. And it's a dreadful, bleak world yeah. without him. And then he's just made to see how how grateful he should be for his life. Yep, Frank Capra classic. I, yeah. mean, I, saw, I saw that last year Definitely and I just classic. I just thought, brilliant. Now, Sean, you seem to have, like, I think you, you have a couple of questions. Well, yeah, I was just, it out. was actually, they mentioned, and I've got a couple of questions if people would have a go. And, and if they were listening, okay. they should be having a so, so, so this is all of you at home. This is for hospital. everybody at home if they can remember. Yeah, so now, we're, we're going to give you five seconds to answer it. Okay. And then we're going to have to blurt it out because we have to move on, as we said. Go ahead, Sean. Now, <laughs> what was the name of the town in It's a Wonderful Life? And if you listen in that clip, he did actually say. He did actually say it. So. Okay, we promised you five seconds, so here we go. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand. Sharon? No idea. Toast? <laughs> Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. Bed- oh. Bedford Falls. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't mentioned yet, what was the name of the angel that helped? Oh, oh that's, that's okay. Oh, I know one that thousand, one. Two, one thousand, three, go. Clarence. Hey, well done. Well done, <laughs> you guys. Okay. But Clarence, it's a good movie. It's no, I think it's a wonderful life. It's a brilliant. I think when you talk about a definition of a Christmas classic, it has all those things we spoke about. It has like a real pathos, which is I think is what um what Jackie was saying about it being like being more realistic, like yeah. when you think about life. And it has that whole idea. A lot of people talk about Christmas as not being particularly happy time for a lot of people. Yeah. And it 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 touches upon that and it still manages, still manages to bring a hope out of it and drag and for that I think it's a it's a wonderfully made film. It's it's just such a it's one of those films that as cynical as you might be because I'd heard a lot about this one before I watched it I mean I'd, as as a film buff I'd heard a lot of stuff I didn't watch it until last year you hear about it you know about this you know about Clarence you know about you know and still at the end of the film I was still kind of like oh my that that's that's, that's quite good <laughs> something in my eye <laughs> how many times have you seen it Sean? not that many but only about two or three yeah I, was just, I would say the same really only yeah. two or three but it's something you always remember isn't it yeah. and always, always yeah. sort of pops up I find it quite hard watch actually because he does get so upset in the middle and I just I find that like, uncomfortable watching <laughs> yeah. yeah where it gets so bleak for him and I'm just like oh George <laughs> it's just so hard to watch yeah. and then you get the payoff at the end but watching him go through all that I just yeah. that's I find that hard to watch yeah. so I don't sit down to watch it like oh this is a lovely cosy film because it's, it's not cosy in the middle <laughs> it isn't it isn't if and if you can we don't have much time to talk about it but if you can if you can find the clip in Friends where Phoebe watches as a wonderful life for the first time and she switches it off halfway through because it's too bleak and she thinks it's a horrible tragedy and can't understand why anybody wants to see this as a Christmas classic but okay moving on White Christmas Laura Norris mentioned White Christmas now okay Sharon has a massive smile on her face Jackie said it's a little bit corny but Sharon go ahead it is my ultimate Christmas film defend your film we definitely watch this every year and I think it is because it, it doesn't have that, that bleak moment in it. It is it is just joyful from start to finish, I think. The saddest thing that happens in this film is that it doesn't snow. <laughs> That's the saddest thing that happens. And they've got their woolly hats on and everything. It's so tragic. Good. Well, this is Bing, Bing Crosby. <laughs> Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. Uh, is, is Rosemary Clooney in it as Rosemary well? Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, George And Clooney's the other aunt. one, we can never remember her name. Yeah, we can never. <laughs> the skinny one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that. It's, yeah, sorry, skinny yeah. blonde lady. I'm sure you're lovely, really. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, so, yeah, White but Christmas. But. I think it is, it's just the music. As, as I said, the colour in the, the lady on Facebook, I've forgotten her name, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, the, Laura, Laura. Laura Norris, yeah. Yeah, the, the colour, the spectacular, the dancing. Um, it's just... Uh, a slice of joy in in celluloid. A slice of joy in celluloid. Okay, cool. But is there 
the song White Christmas, that's in a different movie, isn't it? It was first in Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn, yeah. But it, they, they do, do sing it at the end of White Christmas and they're all dressed up in their red velvet suits <laughs> and the wobbly ballet dancers come out and wobble in front of the, the singers. Yeah. Even because well, I've seen it so much, I know the, all the extras. I'm like, going, oh yeah, there's the one that wobbles. <gasps> there's the soldier that is slightly out of time. <laughs> I know this film so well. <laughs> And it's famous, obviously, for Bing Crosby Bing doing Crosby, this. Just like the ones I used to know the treetops and children listen You know, it feels like a Christmas crime to actually like fade Bing Crosby out. <laughs> but unfortunately, we have a limited amount of time and we have to move on. So, Bing, thank you very much for everything you gave us. Thanks Th- for the music. Thanks for the music. Thanks for this film. Thank you for making Sharon light up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> and um, yeah, but we've got to move on. So <laughs> next up, um, I actually went into the hospital earlier today. And uh, so there were some people who weren't willing to speak. Like Jackie, for instance, wasn't willing to be recorded. But there was a, there were some people who were willing to be recorded. So we actually spoke to Linda. Linda, also in Alveston. And Linda had this to say about a favorite Christmas movie. Set that up for you. But you were saying your favorite Christmas movie is... Love Actually, because it's got a mixture of all sorts. It's diff- lots of different stories all rolled into one, and um, it's, it's got romance and comedy, and st- it's just lovely. What's your favorite story? Like you know, there's a whole bunch of different storylines in Love Actually. What's your favorite storyline in Love Actually? Oh, I don't know. That's difficult to, to say. Um, probably Colin Firth and the girl in Portugal. I think. Yeah. yeah but but I like like them all. It's a good mixture. Awesome. <laughs> right so so okay now i know linda said that she was going to be listening so linda hope that you're actually listening as we're going on but this is the thing i find with love actually that it is whatever you think of it and whatever you think about richard curtis because this came at the end of a bit of a purple patch for him he had um forwardness and the funeral then notting hill and i think love actually was just it just seemed he could do no wrong yeah. some people hate that sequence of films that I've just mentioned. It's like, essentially, you have Richard Curtis and you have a certain English bumbling actor yeah. <laughs> who's in it, who's, and, oh, and they, they hate this. But whatever you say, Love actually has become a modern Christmas classic. So it's, it's an anthology film with all these different storylines. Yeah. Different all kinds of love, isn't it? Yeah. Just the different nature of love. Different natures of love that can come across at, it's, it's a bit rude in some places. Yeah. It's, I've, it's, I've actually seen this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, so he has all these different lines, storylines of just different people who are in different love type relationships. Yeah. And I know that the, and even though it's a Christmas classic, I'm not entirely sure it's the kind of film you would want to have with the entire family, with Nan there and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no. There's, there's <laughs> one share. There's one particular storyline though you're like no you're not gonna want no 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 (laughs) i don't want to watch this with my nan (laughs) it's let's say it's it's love between two extras or two two stand-ins on an an adult movie i I believe that's the safe way of saying actually that's a funny scene that as well and they were like oh do you want me to (laughs) (laughs) you want me to look It, it, it it is it is very funny 
just not very family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and and so when Linda said her favorite her favorite storyline was Colin Firth, where he's a writer who goes to this villa in Portugal and he has mm. he has a Portuguese uh, lady who cleans the place up and looks after the house, but he doesn't speak any Portuguese, she doesn't speak any English, but they have this relationship. When she said that was her favorite storyline in the film, <laughs> Sharon's face was like, oh, what? What? How what? can you have that when there is... So what is your favorite storyline in it? I have to say my favorite storyline is the Hugh Grant. There's a prime minister with his cleaning lady. That's my favorite. Hugh Grant with um, um, Marty McCutcheon. McCutcheon, Marty McCutcheon, and Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, and all I just love. Yeah, I love that's the one I loved particularly, and I also like the Bill Nye one. There's the the faded rock star, <laughs> and it was just his love for his manager. It wasn't like a romantic love, but it was it was deep and yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it was real. I, I, I have to admit, I really really do like that one because it's a bit unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the few. But but what was our Christmas criteria again? Christmas criteria. Well, this is this one has a lot of them, and I think at least one of these stories will have this in there. It has a protagonist who, for one reason or another, is the greatest at the is not the greatest at the beginning of the oh, film. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, and they're always missing something, some great obstacle or ordeal that's in his her its way. And then through going through this great obstacle, they come to realize and subscribe to the true meaning of Christmas and therefore life. Yeah. And I think okay. I think the Bill Nye story at least, at least, yeah, at least that, nails yeah. that. Yeah, it yeah. does. It, it, because he all he wants is gain this number one and all that kind of. He's a bit sort of like jaded, and he has. He has this song that he's... Christmas is all around Okay, cool. cool. I'm going to play a little bit of this song. I'm going to play a little bit of the song. Yes, and and if you know the song "Love Is All Around Me" by Wet Wet Wet, essentially he takes that song and just puts Christmas in (laughs) as a as a lyric any way he can, and he's so like so jaded. He 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 openly admits on TV she's only doing it for the money. He says if he gets to number one, he performed the song naked on top of the pops and all that. And he's just and obviously with the fame that comes with that, it's like he ends up with this choice between his manager. And all and like the groupies and the fame yeah. and all that, and he ends up just sitting down with his manager, who's played by Rab C. Nesbitt. Yeah. <laughs> Whose real name I don't actually know. Gregor. I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, so it's he, Gregor something. Yeah, and he ends up sitting down with him because he realizes, no, this is actually the relationship that has been there for me the whole time. So yeah, in that way it is. It is like it, you do have that, and I do think that the I do feel like the I feel like the um, rock star. Could hardly be played better than by anybody than <laughs> Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill, Bill Nye is just—he's just like you know, in it. He's just so like you know, he just shows up like ready-made. It's like yes, I'm a jaded rock star. I don't really care or anything like that. <laughs> and the video that they do that goes along with this is just hilarious. But <laughs> how about you, Sean? Gregor Fisher. Sorry, I've just remembered his name. Oh, Gregor Fisher. Gregor yeah, Fisher. as I say, this is—it's it's not one that really sticks. 
parts of this movie stick in my mind anything and Martine McCutchinson she sort of because she was like EastEnders but yeah, 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 I don't yeah. know if she did anything afterwards did she? Did she, she did never she, really did much really film wise she never did she did a lot of stuff West End because she did she had a music career then uh-huh. she went off into the West End and she was in My Fair Lady even though she was mainly she hit the headlines a lot for being in My Fair Lady but hardly ever been in My Fair Lady yeah, because she was shows she was always ill oh right okay. so um, yeah but yeah she I don't think she really didn't do anything movie wise after this I think Love Actually is probably the highlight of Martin McClutchen's because I think career. she was quite good in it. I mean, I don't yeah, think she, she was, was particularly, you know, she. Oh, I thought she played the part really well. Yeah, you just you 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 warm to her, don't you? Because she's yeah this cockney girl. Yeah, and you just you warm to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, but she she is very well. and also and I have to say a special mention for another storyline that I quite like. Well. There's one with Alan Rickman and man, I gotta love anything that Alan Rickman's yeah. in with him and Emma that's Thompson. That's heartbreaking, though, isn't that storyline? That story that storyline is heartbreaking because it's one of the few storylines in the film as well that is not really resolved. It's no. all sort of, it's all sort of ends and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where this love is going to go. So I think with that, I think that's that's quite cool. But also the Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson storyline with his son, who's a Thomas Brody Sangster, who people would know nowadays, has grown up to be in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. He's grown up to be in Game of Thrones, and he is the voice of, if anybody's ever seen a, a cartoon called Phineas and Ferb, that I would recommend <laughs> to everybody. He is the voice of Ferb, who's this English guy who says like one line per episode. And it's Thomas Brody Sangster. And the first time I ever saw him was in Love Actually. And there's like, you know, the, his mum has died, well, his mum, Leonison's wife has died recently and he's trying to help his son like deal with it and he doesn't know whether his son is reacting to the death of his mother or anything and it turns out that his son is actually just really really fancies this girl in school <laughs> and doesn't know how to tell it and I think it's, it's just quite a nice sort of like father son thing of mm. okay alright cool oh good now let's and it's kind of like this trying to get this girl to notice his son becomes this thing that they both use to come out of the come out of the grief of losing like a wife and a mother so it's uh, so I, I a special mention for that storyline I particularly like that storyline but uh, I have to admit I, th- I do feel like there's something real in love actually even though it's like a Christmas thing and it's Richard Curtis with his lovely self rom-com thing all sprinkling his gold dust all over the whole thing <laughs> even though it's there I still think I'd, I still quite quite like the film I have to say and ooh ah yeah okay I'm gonna say this <laughs> the funny thing about love actually is um, I, my the university I went to the sister of one of the actors was actually at the university and she had this story where she was talking to one of my wife's friends and she, she was like oh they were just talking about their families and everything like that they was like oh what is your sister do my sister's a doctor what is your oh yeah my, uh, my sister works uh, for a news thing and uh, my brother my brother's an actor I was like, oh, oh, has it been anything I've seen recently? He was like, yeah, yeah, he was. You seen Love Actually? Yeah, yeah, he was in it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, oh, did he have any lines or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, was he just in the background? He was like, was he in the background? Was he an extra? What was it like? She was like, um, yeah, um, you know the guy who ends up with Career Nightly? And she was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, that's my brother. She was like, what? Chew and tell the joyful. Yeah, exactly. He's like, chew and tell the joyful. He's like, that's your brother. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, was one of those things that everyone just kind of like, oh my god, presence of royalty. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, but I think at the same time, she actually kept it quite quiet. It was quite cool. She was quite a nice, nice down to earth girl. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. But now going back to Facebook and going on to the films. Now we had two films that were 
were um, recommended or were chosen by people as their favorite Christmas movie more than any other film. Sean, have you got any other questions for us? Or? Um, well, one of the questions, I could give you a question if you like, but okay, cool. I mean, Sharon's already answered it. So. Oh, no. So, no, that's, a, that's yeah, cool. It's, it's good. It, it, that, it, makes, but, it makes us know if anybody was paying any attention. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. It was just well, the name of the actor who played the uh, Prime Minister in Love, actually. Yeah, and Sad. I, yeah. Sharon's already said it yeah. we, we all know that we all know I think we should just leave this because if yeah. anybody's listening go back and listen <laughs> listen again to Sharon yeah, that's saying cool. exactly who played the Prime Minister in Love Actually because you should be paying attention <laughs> <laughs> who played the President Ooh, Ooh. I, I said that I, I said who played the President I said who played the President Lo- wonderful American actor with a lovely southern soul this was a bit of a departure for him, but I think he just loved playing a lech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the good old Billy Bob Thornton. Billy yeah. Bob. Yeah. Billy Got Bob. to love two first I names. Like, I like, yeah. I, I really enjoy his movies, actually, Billy Bob. I think he's been in some. Yeah, he, some he, makes, he makes some brilliant, some really brilliant choices. Yeah. Brilliant and choices. He's also in. Well, I don't know if you could call it a Christmas movie, but oh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. That is actually yeah, yeah, coming yeah. up. That's right, because okay. Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> is Billy Bob Thornton is he's associated. There's a Christmas movie that a lot of people see as a modern classic that he's totally associated with. So when you say Billy Bob Thornton and Chris, when you say Billy Bob Thornton and Christmas, Love Actually is not the film that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so like, all right, cool. But going back to Facebook, we have Jennifer Juneman, and she says every year I have to watch the Muppet Christmas Carol because. Because it is exactly like Dickens in brackets. She says, seriously, read the book. <laughs> and love actually because it's Christmas. So she mentions that. And there's two films that were that had more more votes, if you will, or people chose that and said, No, we've got to watch that film, gotta watch that film. So there was somebody, Tony Woodward, who I think might be related to Jen, who says there is no debate on this. Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> Just hands down. And somebody who's men- who commented after Jennifer, who says, uh, this is Sharmini, Sharmini Bundell, who says, now you've mentioned Muppet Christmas Carol, it has become clear that it is the only sensible choice and all other Christmas films have completely disappeared from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> somebody got in touch, not on Facebook, but on WhatsApp. And, he's, and he said, Muppet Christmas Carol! Exclamation mark. And when I asked him why, he said, the Muppets are this brilliant comic tool that'll bring you in, make you laugh, smile, and then use it against you to break your heart. (laughs) (laughs) It uses animal puppets, but is the most human of all Christmas movies. I've got a question on that, if you want to say after, perhaps you could say after we've discussed the thing. Okay, all right, cool. Um, So so Muppet Christmas Carol. In the Muppet Christmas Carol, which character was played by Kermit the Frog? Which character? Ooh, I know this. Okay, but, that's cool. but, 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 we talk about the movie, yeah? Yeah, yeah we talk, we'll talk about the movie. So, obviously, this is the Muppet Christmas Carol. And if you watch Muppet movies, you know, re- reasonably, you know what to expect. The Muppets are going to be there. If they take on a big story like Treasure Island or something like that, they will allocate the different Muppets to different sort of like well-known characters and the whole thing. They will, and human premium, human actors will be at the premium. Usually, there's a whole bunch of cameos. And I think this is the Muppet movie that has the least number of human performers mm. in it because there's only one that I can remember and that is Michael Caine as Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine plays Scrooge. So this, it goes through the old Dickens story and uh, as Jennifer says, she says that it's exactly like the Dickens story. I've never actually read the Dickens story. Have, so yeah. yeah, so... Um, I'm it's quite short. You can read. I think the thing about Christmas Carol is it is short. You can read it in one evening. It was written to be read in one evening. Oh, well, kind of like gather the family around the fire yeah, kind so of thing. Yeah, so you could read it in an hour and a half. All right, cool. It is quite it's a short little book. Cool. And, and so you now have the Muppets. And then you have the Muppets. And I've got, I'm going to hold my hand up and say I 
love the Muppets. The <laughs> I, Mupp- do. I, I absolutely love the Muppets. I mean, I've loved them for as long as I know that they're pieces of felt. <laughs> they're pieces of they felt. Have personality. Yeah, with somebody's hand up their butt. But I know, <laughs> I know that that's what the Muppets are. But the Muppets are brilliant. The Muppets are. I just. I mean, I. I they are the most sensational, inspirational, Muppetational things out there. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the but the thing is that even my, one of my favorite shows of the year was the new Muppets TV show that they brought out. I loved that show. I've, I don't, I've, I mean, it's just even the smaller characters that like in the background that they use, even in the Muppets Christmas Carol and everything. Like, I just, there's, I think I have to agree with Neil what he says about the Muppets. It's like, you know, they make you laugh, smile, and use it against you to break your heart. Yeah. And I think that they, they, they really do go into this whole thing of like, you know, so you have... Um, Scrooge, and then you have Marley, you know, because you have Scrooge's old business partner is Marley, and in this they make it Marley and Marley, and it's Waldorf and Statler, the two old <laughs> men, the two old men from the from the Muppets who sit on the balcony and just abuse everybody. So, <laughs> so it's the two of them who come and they have a song where we're Marley and Marley, woo, <laughs> and but I, I I do think it's it's a really really well thing. I think Michael Caine is just on song and he's just having a whale of a time. You can see that. It's he almost looks like he he loves the Muppets. He just love him being there. He get he he's off the chain as Scrooge plays Scrooge, and I do feel that like it's just a heart heartwarming film because it's a classic story, well told with characters that you absolutely love, with Carmen and Miss Piggy, and they bring the Muppetness and they bring all the Muppets. <laughs> so the whole thing of like you know Kermit Kermit being like in this relationship that is possibly borderline abusive with, with Miss Piggy. Piggy. They bring. Shall we the, say you what character he plays? Well, you can say that now if you answer want. Your yeah, yeah. Well, answer the question. Yeah, we can yeah, say it now. But people haven't given enough time to figure it out. Go on then, Sharon. Who was it? Kermit is Bob Pratchett. He is Bob, yes, Bob Pratchett. I, I know you. But it's very funny. All the little their know? children that Miss Piggy and Kermit have children. All the little boys are frogs, and all the little girls I, are pigs. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make a confession here. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen them. No. At Christmas you never seen them. I haven't seen them. Mustn't. But and everybody, absolutely, every tells me how good it is, but I've not. I've yet to see it. Oh no, no, it, it really, really is. It's it's like one of those films that somehow seems to. It's like almost like the first time you watch it, you just go, "That's a classic." It yeah. is just. It's like the Muppets and Dickens, or the Muppets and this story, are just such a fit. They're just yeah. they're such a fit when they have all the different characters who play all the different people. It just works. So, um, so Kermit as Cratchit, for instance. As Kermit as Cratchit were going to Scrooge and having to ask and say, "Oh, could you help us because we don't really have enough heating for uh, for Christmas," it totally works because everything you've seen of K- Kermit for thirty years <laughs> yeah. has said that he is this put upon. Yeah, imagine, yeah. You, you can imagine him as this hempecked family man who's just trying to get something for his with a demanding wife at home. Who is Miss Piggy? Miss Piggy is his wife. Miss yeah. Piggy is his wife. Is the chef in it? Is that her goodly chef? Or oh, the Swedish chef? Yeah. Is he I, I don't remember. Oh, I, I think what he, because he probably is because in my mind. because essentially they have like the London thing. They have a oh, London, okay. and it's essentially you have all these London streets, and the whole place is just populated with the Muppets. So I think it's a kind of thing where almost probably every single Muppet character appears appear. at some point. Because you've got the rats who are like all the little workers, aren't oh, they? Yeah. They're like scratching away. Yeah. They're all left-handed, which is what my old friend said. Do you notice all the rats are left-handed? 
No, but they all are. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh, no, I love, I love. Uh, and you've got this big hairy one. What are the big hairy ones? The Sweetums. Huge. Sweetums. Yeah, they sort of appear every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you have all these things, and I think with the rats, there's because all the rats are the workers in yeah. Scrooge's in Scrooge's factory, and there's a bit where they they go to Scrooge to ask him, "Oh, could we have a little bit more coal for the fire?" <laughs> and uh, Scrooge asks them a question like, "Well, how would all the workers like to be?" Unemployed, <laughs> and the next shot, they're all dressed up in Hawaiian clothes and they're dancing around, singing, "This is my island in the sun." <laughs> and it's you gotta love the rats. Oh no, no, you gotta love uh, everything about. Oh, I, f- I feel you've gotta love everything about the Muppets. I don't know how Jim Henson did it. I don't know what alke- alchemy he pulled mm. off, but he created something that is silly, is silly but awesome. That that but okay. wait, it uh, definitely works as Dick as a Scrooge as Dickens and as yeah, yeah, Muppety yeah. goodness as Muppety Muppety goodness Muppety goodness but but okay how do you feel about the Muppets in general Sean um I when they first appeared I was okay with them but I'm not like a major I'm not like a major fan of the Muppets I mean I know about them because they okay you but but you don't like, hate them I don't hate them no I don't okay, hate cool. them but I don't find them I mean the two the two guys Walder and Statloff sometimes can be quite <laughs> quite humorous but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know really. It just doesn't. No offense, but if you were a Muppet, I think you'd be either Wardle or Statler. I probably would be Wardle or Statler. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, I'd probably be Beaker. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 I just remember bits like the from the TV series from like yeah. the yeah. Chef and things. So, and I've I've not seen the latest one with because isn't there another one with um. Oh, what's his name? Tom Hiddleston has cameos in one. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a few Muppet movies. The Great Escapo. I would say, if, yeah. if you were going to get into the Muppet movies, watch Muppet Christmas Carol. I think it's probably probably the best one. Yes. Best one, yeah. It's yeah. probably well, the Everybody has actually told me that, that Christmas Carol, even if you're not a major Muppet fan, is, yeah. is, is, is a good movie to watch. It's, it's, a it's, it's a great film. I know I haven't said much about it, apart the fact that it's a great film, but it is a great film, <laughs> and that's cool. why. Yeah. Okay, so now, moving on. So that was a film that had a lot of people who actually just posted on and said, yeah, great film. This is a favorite Christmas film. And now we have um, a, the other film that had a lot of people posting about it. And this is a film that many people will not immediately it doesn't shout christmas at you it doesn't shout christmas but when you think about it i because i remember i said this last year when we had a christmas show and i i mentioned this as my favorite christmas movie it's partly jokingly and everything like that and i found out that there's a whole bunch of people who think the same thing there's almost like a campaign to get this recognized as a christmas movie so this is seb juneman married to jennifer who said um jennifer earlier who who was the first person to mention up a christmas carol so seb says after she said, after they all said, "Oh, it's Muppet Christmas," he just he just writes he just writes and die hard. Oh, die hard! Yeah, <laughs> he says die hard. It's the one everyone forgets about, like the elderly relative who turns up for Christmas dinner unexpectedly because you forgot to you invited them at a family wedding, and then you hurriedly set a place for them, but they notice and they're offended, so they get really drunk and start being racist at the dinner table and take over Nakatomi Plaza, and it's awkward for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what, thank you, Seb. Thank you for that. So that's what Seb had to say about about his favorite Christmas movie. Next person, Shagun Lusanya, he says the correct answer is Die Hard. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> he says the correct answer is Die Hard, and he says half mark will be given for Nightmare Before Christmas. So we'll talk about that in a second. But I pushed him a little bit and just sort of said, um, "Why Die Hard?" And he said, "It's about a family that comes together. It has got Bruce Willis in it." It's got Alan Rickman giving the performance of a lifetime as as an amazing pantomime villain. 
It's probably still the best action movie ever made. And it's actually got a proper Christmas message and is not just a movie around Christmas. Mm. And also, we also had Bengo Ludotun who just posted a pic. He just essentially, I'm going to show this to you guys. This, this is all he posted on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he just posted a poster of Die Hard with Bruce Willis on one side and Nakatomi Plaza with an explosion going off on the other side. And I also think also Jeff Smith, he also said, yep, yep, totally agree with the sentiments about Die Hard. So, Die, <laughs> Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I, I'm totally on board yeah, with I'm that. Yeah, I'm on board with I'm it. Totally I mean, on board this is one that. Christmas movie that I, that I really <laughs> like. It's got a Christmas soundtrack. It has it got has. a Christmas soundtrack. It has got a Christmas... I remember when we were kids watching this film and there was a friend of mine, Wale Wellinger, who... Who said? Um, he he was like he he couldn't understand why you have this wonderful film that has just like you know you've seen explosions and you've seen bad language and you've seen all this stuff and you've seen terrorists being shot and people thrown out of windows and all that and it's like a perfect action movie and then you get to the end of the film and the film ends with this. Hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Class. <laughs> Yeah, and he was kind of like, wait a second, how how can you have such awesomeness, so, <laughs> such action awesomeness, and he ended with this, and he didn't get it. He was like, what the... And he co he complained about the fact that, no. that Die Hard ended with Let It Snow, because the Die Hard 2, Die Harder, and it ends with exactly the same song as well. But I think this is the director, John McTiernan, telling you, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Christmas party, isn't it? That's why they're there. It's well, a Christmas party. Yeah, because the the basic idea of when we talked about the whole ideas of like you know a protagonist who is not actually the best was missing something. It starts off with Bruce Willis, who is a New York cop, flying to LA where his wife is working at Christmas time to try and reconcile their relationship and to try and put them back together. And then while he's happening, the obstacle he has to overtake just happens to be a whole bunch of terrorists to take over this building. <laughs> and they want to sort of like, and they keep everybody in there and he's the only one who can save them. And by through going through the whole thing and all that, he even has like a bit where he's talking to like a policeman outside the place on the on a radio. <laughs> and, he talk, and he gives him like some life advice and everything like that. And he comes to the end of it thinking, yeah, my family's worth it. My wife's worth it. I mean, if you've seen the sequels, you know, it goes a bit pear-shaped later. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this, it's, it's the best of the bunch. And the doesn't first doesn't the best, he I think. kill yeah. a terrorist, wrap them up in tinsel, um, coloured lights and have ho-ho-ho written on them? He does, he does. Yeah. Because, yes. okay. What's crispy, what's more crispy than that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing, on Facebook as well, Jeff Smith, actually, he actually had, uh, he posted another picture and he, on there, he, he put in there, he says like, there's even a Christmas jumper to go for it. And the, the Christmas, the diehard Christmas jumper is a quote from the film, which is that thing where he puts, because he kills a terrorist and he takes his gun. Yeah. And then he just, he puts a message on the terrorist that says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, and the thing is, at Alan Rickman, you have to mention Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, Alan Rickman. As... Wow as Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Who he and it's true he plays a he pretty much plays a pantomime villain because he's he's pretty much the Grinch. <laughs> he's he's in he's going, yes, you know it's Christmas, but we're gonna destroy Christmas. I'm gonna take Christmas away from all of you people. So yeah, I'm gonna be all grinchy about this and I'm gonna show up and all that kind of stuff. But Sean this is a film that you've seen and uh, that you like as well. I and do, so yeah. will you just say something a little bit about about um Die Hard for us? Uh, um well I, I I'm pretty sure most people must have seen this movie by now who, yeah you know and um yeah it's 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 full of action isn't it really the 
there's not a little tiny bit of romance maybe so because I mean they they come together then he with his wife yeah with his end. wife yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of like a hard bitten romance it is really yeah the, but the bit I remember is the guy who's like oh I can there's there's a guy in it that says oh yeah no let me talk to him I can handle it all and all that and he's gonna and she punches him right at the end she gives him she socks him right at the end yeah 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 the the guy who is who's so like you know that he's yeah. like an eighties business yeah, executive yeah, yeah. I know it's okay I've got all this yeah and, and he goes in control and he he tries to cut a deal that where he gets to get That's released and everybody else gets kept as a, a sausage and at the end at the end Holly McLean just punches him in the yeah, face gives him a great bunch of fives but I mean I, mean, I just really really enjoyed this movie and I must have seen you know sort of movie that you can watch again I think every Christmas probably well the thing is, yeah, but the thing is it's a film I think because it's a film that's broken out of Christmas <laughs> so it's it's set at Christmas it has a Christmas message in it even though it's essentially dressed up with this action thing and everyone is getting shot and all that kind of stuff but it has a Christmas <laughs> message in it but it's broken out of Christmas so people watch it at any time of the year yeah. they don't you don't necessarily associate it with Christmas even though I do feel like it's the most subversive the most back <laughs> Door Christmas movie ever. <laughs> well, a, a lot of people seem to agree that it's a Christmas movie. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, Sharon? Yeah, I'd say it was a Christmas movie. You would call yeah, it Christmas I'd say movie. you certainly add, you can't ignore the fact that it's Christmas there. There's Christmas trees. There's the ho ho ho. There's yeah. the the music. It's a Christmas party. It's it's a Christmas film. It is. It is. I think it's hands down a Christmas film. Yeah. And uh, the I actually saw something on Facebook today, which was a was one of these meme pictures that had a picture of. Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber falling off the falling off the <laughs> building, and the, the the quote just said, "It's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi <laughs> Plus." <laughs> and I just kind of like, mm. yeah. Actually, it's I picked true. that up from Jonathan Jonathan Greenham, friend of the show. Yeah. yeah, sort of likes every single post we put up. Jonathan, yeah, I picked it up from his page that it was just like, "It's not Christmas until I've seen Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi Plaza." I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And is his wife really called Holly? I think Did you so. say Holly McLean just now? Yeah, I think so. I think I think so. Why? That's another Christmas link, isn't it? Holly. Oh, good God, yeah. Holly, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that. I I, I just said the name because I thought that's what her name was, but it might not actually be. But um, if it is, it's like, hey, that's a yeah. hidden <laughs> that's Christmas, Christmas reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and now, okay, we go back onto another thing that Shagun said. He said a nightmare before Christmas. Uh, a half mark would be given. For a nightmare before Christmas, his reasons for the nightmare before Christmas. He says, number one, gorgeous. Number two, that soundtrack. Number three, what's this? <laughs> number four, that soundtrack. Number five, that soundtrack. Number six, oogie boogie. Number seven, guess what it is? That soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so seeing as he's so up on this soundtrack, which is done by Danny Elfman, who did the Simpsons theme. He's done most of the themes for a lot of Tim Burton movies. He did the original Batman. Well, I see the original, but the 1989 Batman. And um, yeah, let's see, where is it? Where is it? What's this? Okay, yeah, and this is Danny Elfman because he actually plays the singing voice of the main character, Jack Skellington. So this is Danny Elfman actually singing the song that Jagan was talking about. What's this?
What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look, what's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around hearing story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. How queer! And who would ever think? And why? They're covering it with tiny little things. They've got electric lights on strings, and there's a smile on everyone. So now correct me if I'm wrong. This looks like fun. This looks like fun. So that is Danny Elfman singing, What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Magic in the air by Jack Skellington. So have you guys seen Nightmare Before Christmas? I'm yeah, yes. I have. Only only the once. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I've only seen it once as well. And but that was gonna be a question. What was the name of uh, the bingo skeleton, yeah. Oh, good. Man, we we just keep giving away all the answers. Well, no, that's all cool. That's cool. It doesn't matter because I mean, it was only it was only a, a quick fun thing. But can you tell me where? Um, well, Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, actually lived. Where did he live before Christmas? Oh, before. Where, yeah, yeah. Before where Christmas. Did he live? Okay. Where did he live? Well, as we said, we're giving you guys five seconds to answer this. Two thousand three. Should be. Halloween Town. Indeed it was. Well done. Well done. Good so, shout. So the whole idea of this film is that there's a place called Halloween Town and Jack Skellington, as his name guesses, he's kind of like a skeleton in a suit. Yeah, he's like Pumpkin King, isn't he? He's kind of, yeah, it's a kind of Pumpkin King kind of thing, but he's this weird, and obviously this is like a Tim Burton, well, it's Tim Burton inspired. He came up with the story. It was actually directed by Henry Selleck, which is a bit of a bone of contention for Henry Selleck because everybody never thinks, gives him any credit no. for him and mm. thinks that Tim Burton did it. But it was directed by Henry Selleck who went to do Coraline. Good and movie. yeah really good yeah good film but they have a very creepy aesthetic so for them everything is all a bit weird and it's all a bit spindly and it's all a bit dark i mean it looks amazing the colors in this film are great yeah and especially when they did an hd transfer you see this film in hd it just looks amazing but it's a stop motion stop motion or claymation as an animation movie and it's all about jack who's the king of halloween town and he gets discouraged about halloween and how everything is and he's like oh, it doesn't have, uh, I think he, he essentially just gets this discouraged and he ends up going through a portal into Christmas Town. And this song, What's This, is all about him going, Oh my God, look, it's different. <laughs> Why is everybody so happy? Oh, what's yeah. this one feeling I'm feeling in my heart? Maybe we shouldn't be scaring people. Maybe we should be doing Christmas. So he pretty much tries to sort of like bring Christmas to Halloween Town. And there's a subplot in which Santa gets kidnapped and then Jack Skeleton tries to solve sub in for Christmas for, for Father Christmas and I remember I just remember this thing where he tries to give people all these gifts he gets to give all kids all these gifts but because he's Jack Skeleton and because he comes from Halloween Town his idea of what a gift is supposed to be is different <laughs> from what you should be giving a kid so I remember there's a shot in it in which there's a snake which sm swallows a child <laughs> if, I, if I remember and so it's, it's quite dark as it says the nightmare before Christmas a play on the night before Christmas it's quite dark and oogie boogie who's the bad guy i remember him being like a sack 
he's pretty much a sack filled with worms. <laughs> so it's so it's dark. But as you said, Coraline. You mentioned Coraline, which is Harry Selleck's next yeah. movie. Good film. Good film. Good film. But it's going to be dark, and there's going to be a couple of bits where you're going to be like, "Am I sure this is this okay that I should be watching this? Especially is it okay that kids are watching this?" And I think the same thing goes for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Really good film. Actually, has a Christmas message in it as to what happens and how Jack Skellington comes to understand the real meaning of Christmas, which isn't leaving a snake under a kid's tree. <laughs> <laughs> it has that, but it's all very kind of, it's it's all it's all dressed up in a sort of Burton Henry Selleck world, which is not your typical thing you will expect for Christmas. So it happened. It ends up being quite heartfelt, even though it's. Mm can be a bit it can be seen a bit scary when you have a skeleton as your main character that's what's going to happen so yep nightmare before christmas i say yes yes i say yes yeah, interesting choice good choice yep i say yes on that all right cool um right where are we my word there's so many films thank you guys who go in touch with the show be it in the hospital or be it here and now we have a film that somebody chose on facebook and also also the people a couple of people in the hospital um agreed with so heather and rosario if you're still listening thank you so much for listening uh, but this is the film that you guys said you just went hands down your favorite film and it's elf, elf. it's elf chosen on facebook by holly jenkins and and holly says holly says she just wants elf in big capital letters i ask why and she says it's the only good thing will ferrell has ever done <laughs> it's Ooh. one of yeah, and it's one of the harsh. Ha- yeah, it's very very harsh, and it's one of the happiest films ever. And Heather and Rosario said it's it's silly, it's a silly silly film, but it's funny, it's funny, and it's such it's like it's a funny family fun movie. You can bring the whole family on and can watch the film. So Sharon, you going to tell us what is Elf all about? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Elf is a story of Buddy, who is a human child, but he was raised in the North Pole by owls and by Santa. And he thinks he is an elf, even though he is a human child who was left there by some twist of fate, mm-hmm. by his his parents. And so he is a six foot four man who is surrounded by little people. And he decides he's going to go and see if he can find his real family. So he heads off south to New York City to see if he can find his father. And his father turns out to be James Kahn. <laughs> Ooh. who's something of a big cheese in is it the publishing world children's publishing or something children's publishing or children's toys or something like that something like that yeah, yeah. so he makes his way to and but because he's born in Nolol Pearl and his only costume is <laughs> his green sort of pixie outfit with his long yellow tights <laughs> and his curly toed shoes and he does he makes his way through meeting all the Norwells on the way and then these different the penguins who give him advice and they wave him off but then he just makes his way south until he comes to New York City and you see him skipping along the road <laughs> dressed as a six foot four elf and just before Christmas and then you see his adventures and shoes as he meets his natural father and how he tries to assimilate into New York society <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just a joyful film it really is I think it's because there's no side to it there's no you can't be cynical because he's not cynical he is as innocent and as open as an elf he is an elf <laughs> and so his joy of Christmas like everything he eats has to have syrup on it and everything is sugar and candy canes and <laughs> and he, uh, he has to get spaghetti and he won't eat it unless it's got syrup all over it yeah and he's because, yeah it's just everything is joyful but there's no cynicism to it there's no side to it because I, I guess I'm guessing that because for him he's grown up in a world in which it's always Christmas pretty much yeah you're preparing for Christmas you're making their Christmas toys 
<laughs> yeah. So so as far as so his outlook on the whole on everything in life is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, have you seen it? No, you haven't seen. Oh that. no, seen it. I've not seen Elf. But yeah, no, because I have. It's so funny. So. I haven't. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it either. But I know, I know and you that, haven't seen it. I haven't no. seen it. No, I know it's been turned into a, into a musical into a Broadway musical because it was one of those films that seems to that, that when it came out it just became like one of those oh instant classics everybody yeah, was like they oh, do yeah. sing in it there's music in it well yeah well yeah but I think the program to write more but I'm just talking about the film itself yeah just becoming this becoming this Christmas staple and yes. everybody going instantly yeah yeah, yeah instantly and I, I think a large part of it is I mean Holly as we also said is all, all a bit because okay Sean, how about the, how about you think about three Will Ferrell movies that you think? Oh no, he did quite well in that. <laughs> and and why are you thinking about that? Because she she says she says the only good thing he's done. But I think the film does rise and fall on him. Yes, because it does. he does have this ability to just give you, like you know, as he said, no no cynicism. Yeah. Just like this man child. People people sometimes say that he plays the same character over and over again, which is this man who never grew up who is like this sort of like child in the inside and just kind of like you know but this is the innocent side of yeah, that this pure there's i think it, would, it wouldn't work if he if he was more self-aware he's completely unself-aware he is as innocent as a five-year-old you know he he and he has the same wonder about christmas so when he um goes to he gets a job in the the santa's grotto in yeah. a department store and it's not a real Santa. And it's like, oh, you're not Santa. <laughs> and he's outraged because, you know, Santa is, is real. And, yeah. you know, it's like, I know him. And he's so excited when he thinks that Santa's coming. And when he, this guy comes with like a fake beard, it's like, oh, you're not Santa. And he's telling everyone, he's not Santa. He's not Santa. <laughs> and everyone thinks he's mad, but it's because he's completely innocent. <laughs> and it works. It works that way. And so, it, yeah, I just think it's such fun. It really is. Well, it's, 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 I, it's a film I've been to watch for years, but I never actually just never got around to it. Never. Well, in my office, when I used to work in an office, we used to make we used to make our decorations. We made paper chains and things. And one year, I made Alf Bunting. So <laughs> in our office, we did have Alf Bunting yeah. all around the wow. room. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Thank you, Holly. And then Holly, Holly, enough content for that. Came back and made another choice, and the second choice was Home Alone. Yeah. So I've never seen that one. That's Home one Alone. I've never seen. Home Alone. You've never yeah. seen Home Alone? I've never, never seen, seen Home it. Alone. Oh, right. Okay. I asked her why. And she says, I'm a 90s kid. So we watch this every Christmas. Also, it's written by John Hughes, who I love with a big, massive emoji heart. And she <laughs> says, oh, and the second one. So Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. So, Sean, you want to tell us a little bit about what Home Alone is about? Well, Home Alone is basically about a, a, a Christmas holidays and the parents <laughs> leave a child in their they sort of just take off go on holiday and forget yeah. they've left them at home and and these uh there's a couple of robbers a couple of robbers that decide they want to get into the house and it's it's, it's him setting up little traps and stuff to i mean when i first saw this i thought i it, t- it took me a while but on the second watching I, yeah I, I really enjoyed it but the first one you know me i'm honestly i said oh that wouldn't happen oh, yeah, <laughs> zoom, yeah, yeah. you know that's silly that's silly but i think <laughs> with some of these movies if i just accept the fact that it's going to be silly then you know i could accept it so so on the second watching i did i did really enjoy this movie you know with some of the things that went on so basically <laughs> getting stuff when he lost his hair and oh, yeah. it's just like yeah I'd, because because the two criminals are played by joe pesci and uh, oh dan what's his name okay oh, Car- Car- yeah yeah so 
and and some of the other tracks were like the the nails when they get through the window. I like that one. There's one with the window, and then when they get through the window, and he's he's got some tracks oh, yeah. to get through the window. <laughs> ah! and it's just, so yeah, I I mean the ingenuity of the lad Macaulay Culkin is uh, you know it's just just he comes up with all these traps. So yeah, was, well the the thing because the thing with um. With, with the film is as I, I say I, one of the things I said is that you have to grow up with it and so when Home Alone came out I was a kid and I was ooh good I was I must have been about 12 or something when Home Alone came out and we all watched this film because we're like yeah yeah look at the kid doing all this kind of stuff and it's the kid is the hero and all that kind of, but I feel like it's a film that changes as you grow older the more you watch it but so when you when you watch it as you and your kid they're like yeah yeah big because they try and they he knows they're going to come into this house and they're going to try and rob his parents house and he's like I'm the only one who can protect this place so he essentially and you can essentially let's put it this way you can see that this his character Kevin is a Tom and Jerry fan yeah and he essentially sets up all these traps <laughs> that would not be out of of place in a Tom and Jerry movie in a Tom and Jerry cartoon and it tells you what the film's going to be like so he puts like cars on the floor that people are going to slip on or when they slip off they land on the floor then an iron falls from the head and smacks him in the face there's a you mentioned the bit like where he, where he opens up the door where he opens up he opens up the kitchen door and he puts his head in and there's a flamethrower yeah. that was flame, that was the bit yeah there's a flamethrower that sort of like essentially scorches his head so that he ends up like his his hat he has this acrylic hat that ends up stuck to his head that he can't take oh. off because it's been yeah it's yeah. been melted on his and, and then as you grow up a little boy you actually realize hang on this is kind of vicious yeah this kid is literally trying to kill these men <laughs> and when you when you talk when you talk about like you know that wouldn't happen it'd be unrealistic the problem is that you watch the film and you think yeah actually um those guys would be dead, dead yeah. <laughs> those guys would be dead by about by about the halfway point of the film they would be dead because of all the things he does the things he drops on their head the fact that <laughs> even even like the the bit with the like the the door handle he puts he, he puts like a heating element <laughs> on the door handle so that it just sort of like heats up the door handle so that when they actually try and open up the door it burns their hands and it lives and it pretty much it brands them because in his hand he has the brand in his hand and when they come back in the second movie you can still see that he still has the branding on his hand so it's yeah um, Home Alone it's, it's funny it's John Hughes at the height of his powers like you know that whole kids bring the kids in there kids versus adults and all that kind of what stuff what else did he do I can't think what else oh what John Hughes yeah, he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He did Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. Okay, essentially teen any oh Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. I see. Breakfast, I, yeah. I was thinking, was it the Breakfast Club, John Hughes? Because yeah. it doesn't sound yeah. like it was the same guy. But it is. It is the wow. same. Wow. I mean, I knew him for my teens, but yeah, I was I was past my teens by the time <laughs> Home Alone came out. So I, I didn't appeal to me at all. Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he is that that he is that that's who he is. Um, and he yeah. just um. It's him and his head of his powers. Oh, I've just checked, and yes, um, John John McClane's wife is called Holly. Hey, oh, yeah, there you <laughs> it's go. Called Holly. And I've thought of a, um, a Will Ferrell movie that I did quite enjoy. Okay, cool. Yeah, give us and a. That, Will. that was Anchorman. Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm thinking. I, I quite like Anchorman, Blades of Glory. Yeah. I quite <laughs> I like it with Blades of Glory. Step Brothers, I think, is quite funny. But um, but. Yeah, this is all about opinions. It's not about right or wrong. It's about opinions, and yeah, that's a great thing about this. So, Home Alone. Uh, but I'll say, if you can, it's it's very very slapstick. It is like a live action cartoon. It's yeah. like somebody decided to make a live action Tom and Jerry. That's really really that's that's what the film's like. So I would say, yeah, yeah, I'll that, give it. find that out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we are we are we are 
barreling towards the end of the show, trying to get through all the things. Now, this is a film. This is probably the most contentious film on this list. <laughs> Ollie Bartlett just said, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He didn't give a reason. Even when I pushed him, he didn't give a reason. Now, if do you, has, have you guys seen this film? No, I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I'm aware the, of it, but it's Because Kisses really... Bye Bye, isn't that what the Chinese used to call James Bond? Yeah, that's what, that's, and there's actually a song written for James Bond called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that was meant to be the song for Thunderball. Okay. It was meant to be the song for Thunderball, but they decided that I was silly, so they gave Tom Jones to sing a song called Thunderball, which makes no sense. But anyway, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, this is a Shane Black movie. And if Kiss Kiss Blank Blank is going to be a kiss, if it's going to be a Christmas movie, then every single Shane Black movie is going to be a Christmas movie because Shane Black he wrote Lethal Weapon. He's, uh-huh. <laughs> he's the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon. He's the guy who wrote and directed Iron Man three, and ev- he wrote and directed the the Nice Guys, which was released last year. And every single film this guy does is set at Christmas. <laughs> There's really? yeah, yeah yeah. If if you actually go back, the no, first Lethal yeah. Weapon movie Christmas. Every film that he's involved in is set at Christmas. So if you're going to call Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a Christmas movie, you're going to call all these other films a Christmas movie. But this was also this was the film in which he came back into filmmaking after a long time out, and it was also the film that brought Robert Downey Jr. back from from sort of like the Hollywood wilderness. So he comes back in and it's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and this is the film that everybody goes, "Oh my God, Robert Downey Jr. is brilliant! He's awesome!" <laughs> Shortly after that, he gets cast as Iron Man. So it's a good film. It's got Robert Downey Jr. It's set in L.A. You have him and you have Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is like this sort of private eye. This private eye who just sort of, who's not particularly well done and everything. And they get embroiled in a plot and it becomes this sort of buddy-buddy movie all around Christmas as they're trying to find something. And the truth is with um, Shane Black, a lot of his films, it's really about the dialogue and it's about the back and forth between the characters and everything like that. And one of the reasons why I would say I'm not so sure this is a Christmas movie is because his characters tend not to learn anything <laughs> <laughs> so they finished the film and they're pretty much in exactly the same space where the where where they film started the only difference is that they're alive and a whole bunch of people who've come across their path are dead okay <laughs> that, that's it so kiss, ho, kiss, ho, ho. yeah so kiss kiss i actually i really like the film i think it's really really fun i think it has great dialogue i think it i think it's um i think robert downey jr val kilmer are awesome in it as is michelle monaghan I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. I think I think they they're they're great in the film and all that. But I'm like, I don't know. That's a Christmas movie. <laughs> so so Ollie, get in touch with me and let me know if you're being facetious. But personally, I think that that's that's a little bit off. <laughs> but and no one else has seen it. I've only seen it. But I would say go see it. Very very good film. I think Shane Black. I would recommend almost. Any, oh, he also did the Last Boy Scout. All oh, right, I did yeah. enjoy the Last Boy Scout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so any any film where he wrote it, any film that um. Shane Black writes or directs, I would say, yeah, give it a go because you will have at least a couple of moments in it where you'd be like, ha, 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 that's really funny. Um, but yeah, but I'm not so sure. But they're set at Christmas. They're all set at Christmas, but I'm not so sure that they're Christmas movies. If that's enough, yeah, it's not enough. <laughs> we need more Christmas. We need more. Yeah. Okay, cool. And now we have Peter Jenkins. And Peter Jenkins says, Gremlins. He says, how can such a nasty little film be so cute all at the same time? (laughs) And that Christmas story from Phoebe Cates, chilling. (laughs) So, you guys seen Gremlins? Yeah, I've seen Gremlins. Anybody want to give a quick run through of what Gremlins is all about? It's just basically um, little fruit that starts off, I think they're called Mogwise. Mogwise. Yeah, Mogwise. Mogwise and, and like... One, someone buys one. Yeah, they sing these little songs, like little Pokemon, really. I guess. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. That's not. That's not. F- that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so they buy one, and 
that um, it's given as a gift at Christmas. And um, but there's there's this criteria that you mustn't they mustn't get near water, is it? I yeah, don't remember. You, you you don't get them wet. You don't get them wet. You don't expose them to sunlight, and, and you, you never never, f- never never feed them after midnight. Midnight. <laughs> so so of course these things happen, and all of a sudden there's loads of these these gremlins that turn into don't they they start off real cut, cute well, but, and because essentially you start off with the first mogwai which is mogwai, called, yeah. called, it's called gizmo, gizmo they, they call it. him and he's bought for a christmas present it's been a while yeah, yeah he's bought for a christmas gets, present does he get wet he does get wet and yeah, then, then there's they, like thousands of them just others. Yeah. They, yeah. they spawn others don't they yeah but so whenever they get wet they they multiply i know they get and and so he and the thing with him is obviously you know whenever you have a film where you have three rules they're gonna be broken if not you don't have a film yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first of all they get him wet and then other mogwai pop out and then the, and the, when they put mogwai pop out they realize that these other mogwai have different characters and yeah. personalities to gizmo that they're they're a bit more they're a bit meaner and they bully gizmo and all that kind of stuff and the the, and the other mogwai seem to keep trying to get them to feed them after midnight and they they keep refusing to then once then once the mogwai go and change the clock so they think it's actually before midnight when it's actually after midnight then they feed them them and they turn into these green monster looking things called <laughs> monster looking things called gremlins and then what it turns out is it's it's, it's essentially a dark comedy yeah. It's a dark comedy. I I think I would actually go for Gremlins being a Christmas movie. It's set around Christmas. It's about this family coming together and trying to and the big obstacle that they have to overtake come is all these gremlins who are trying to take over the town and kill them. <laughs> and, and and so yeah, I think it's it is quite funny and Gremlins 2 is a totally different film. Totally different film, but it's it's so crazy. The film is so it's so there's random. There's a classic Vincent Price cameo, isn't there? In the oh yeah, there's thing. a there's a Vincent Price cameo. There's a bit where Hulk Hogan shows up. Yeah. There's a bit where there's, no, the, oh no, but I I actually love Gremlins. I would hate to meet one meet one in real life. Yeah, yeah. I would seriously hate to meet one in real life. But in a film, they are hilarious. They're oh, fun. Some great scenes. Yeah. I think great scenes. with from from what I remember, there was a, there was that mad toy craze at Christmas with Furbies, weren't there? That yeah, they could yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. Each They other. look that, a bit like that, that, they, they, they look like. like Mogwai. Mogwai, yeah. yeah There's probably... a great scene there when they're sitting right there and they're singing along to So White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> you see all these gremlins going, hi, 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 And they just like the love it. And they said, they're watching Snow White and they love it. And then you can see them all just singing along. <laughs> and great. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, yeah, Gremlins. Oh, no, Gremlins is an awesome film. And the thing about that is that because the Gremlins will do something, they will do something horrible. Yeah. Then they'll do something like really, really cute and relatable, like watching Snow White. And, yeah. and but no, they're just they're just absolutely crazy. And and the the Christmas story because it's all built around this whole idea of Christmas. And there's one character who hates Christmas, which is the Phoebe Cates character. And she because essentially. Um, she tells a story and you have to hear the whole story, but essentially ends up with her dad getting stuck up a chimney in a Santa suit on Christmas Day because he was trying to surprise them. And because of that, she hates Christmas. So, but it's, yeah, I agree. That's definitely a Christmas movie. All right, now moving on. We have like, oh God, 10 minutes. Taiwo Bello says trading places. Trading places. Trading places. It's been is, a while since and, I've seen this. He says yeah. Eddie Murphy in his prime, anti-establishment, corruption theme, great comedy. Now, this is a film that gets played on TV in Italy every Christmas as a Christmas movie because, yeah, it's, it's set set around Christmas and you have like, you know, Don, 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 not Don, Don Amici. Don, that's it. I was going to say Don Cheadle. I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> Don, Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy as these two brothers who essentially make a deal that they can make Dan Aykroyd, who is this sort of like, you know, posh 
high class um, trader, and if if they swap places with him and Eddie Murphy, who is like a guy on the streets, who is like a bit, pretty much a street hustler, homeless guy on the streets, that in no time they'll change place that because one of them is saying oh it's all about nature they want to say it's all about nurture so there's quite a few different sort of like philosophical ideas going in there and it turns into this great film that has a whole bunch of different levels about society about what actually makes us who we are wants us behave the way we are if everything is taken away from us do we immediately become like you know savages and all that and set all around christmas and i think I think it just about hits the criteria of what happens and everything that happens, especially with the Dan Aykroyd character, I find. And it's got Jamie Lee Curtis, who actually apparently won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for this film. Really? Yeah. She won Best Supporting... You tend to forget those things, don't you? And and Denham Elliott won a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for for this. Was it Oscar? Was it Golden... I think it was Oscar, the way it says it reads on Wikipedia, but Mm. I I did not realise that, but yeah. Um, Good film. Good film. Yep. He also mentions yeah. The Ref, which is a film I don't think any of us have seen. No, I've not seen No, I don't ref. know it at all. What's, it's so also it's also called Hostile Hostages. And it's um it's a film with Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey, Judy Davis in it. And it's all about um this family or this well, this married couple who on Christmas Eve are they're considering getting a divorce because they just can't get in and they're just bickering and everything like that. And this guy who's just robbed a store and he holds them up at home and gets he hides out in their home. And because even though they're at gunpoint, they keep bickering with each other, then he ends up kind of being a sort of marriage counselor <laughs> for them. And so uh, because of the cast of this, uh, I actually, uh, it sounds really interesting. So it's, it, because of the cast is Dennis Leary, um, uh, Dennis Leary, as I said, Kevin Spacey, Judy Davis. I think it sounds like this could actually be a very, very good yeah, film. I just never, never seen or heard of it before, before Tywo mentioned well, it. So it takes place at Christmas. It takes yeah, place yeah. at Christmas and it's about family. Yeah kind of coming together ref. <laughs> and yeah I'll the ref or that. hostile hostages hostile hostages okay ah, cool all right okay 10 minutes 10 minutes um man I, f- I feel like we're not doing some of these um justice but anyway sorry about that well i'll tell you what this does make go, this, this does make me want to go go back and watch um what's it called uh trading places oh trading places <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 makes me want to go back and watch yeah. trading places i mean i mean eddie murphy is is i think was during that period as well, made some great movies. Oh, a yeah. Real class yeah. act, real class yeah, act. Yeah, totally. And totally. even his stand-up. I'm, the first time I saw him was a stand-up show. Which one, um, Raw or Delirious? The, uh, I think it must have been Raw. Is that yeah. one that goes, you lost your ice cream. That's, that's the one I remember. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Raw. That's raw, raw, the yeah. Raw, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good one. Like, okay. Yeah. And so now, moving on, we have Glenn. And Glenn says, Bad Santa. Bad Santa, Which yes. is the film that you think about <laughs> when you think Billy Bob Thornton and Christmas, you think Bad Santa. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. He says, Despite being an excellent satire on Christmassy sentimentality, commercialism, etc., it still manages to be a genuine tale of redemption that retains a festive spirit. Somehow. Thornton's character is an update on Scrooge, but instead of being miserly, he's a drunken loser slash criminal, but the principle is the same. I'm shunning the sequel because it's a shameless cash-in cash in, with nothing to do with the original writer-director team, plus the first film is clearly a standalone story that would be futile to repeat. Sean, <coughs> I I'm, totally, totally agree with that. I'm going to let you take this one because I know you've seen the sequel yeah, as well. I've seen the sequel as well, so uh, Glenn sort of nailed it, totally. I mean... Billy Bob Thornton, he's, he's a really cynical safe cracker and uh, get, gets a job as a Santa in a department store and he's, he's got his little helper. And uh, basically, well, they, they, he's Santa for a while, they case out the joints, they case out the safes, and then during Christmas Eve or during Christmas Day, they, they break into the safes and, and generally 
rob things. But <laughs> he's so yeah. So so basically he's a safe cracker working as a as a department store Santa. Um but all through the film he's just, you know, he drinks, he's just real cynical and nasty to everybody. He goes in a bar. But there's this little lad that, that he sort of just gets attached to and and that's where the redemption comes in because he's he's really mean to this little lad really really mean but it's at the end it just uh it just you know he, well, the, he the, sort of there's, there's like a chink of redemption chink of redemption there? yeah because he's like oh you know in the end the, the i guess the <coughs> little lad melts his heart now I, I mean i know we're short of time um the sequel yeah was just a cash in really mm-hmm. um it's got moments but uh, it's, it's not a patch on the original, and, and, and I think Glenn nailed it when he said that it should have just been a standalone film. This should be it. The sequel, you've got the same characters in, but obviously the, the little lads now, a big lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and just sort of follows him around because he's like the only person. He still still calls him his Santa, you know, still calls him <laughs> Billy Bob's. Oh. Turns up and you're, what, what are you doing here? You know, he follows him around. So he's. But he's, he's like in shorts in really, really cold weather marching along and he's, he's got like super shorts on because he was working down in, in Tennessee or somewhere yeah. and everybody's looking at him and he goes, oh, you got to get you some clothes. And he sort of puts him in with the homeless people and that. And he's, mm. yeah, but so, yeah, sorry, Tate. Yeah, because uh, I was, I was going to say that because it's like in the sequel, it's kind of made it seem that the, the kid hasn't really grown up. Grown up, yeah. He, yeah well, he, he's grown up physically, but he hasn't really moved on no, he from where he was in the first film. And the because you said you I remember when you spoke about this film that this kid walks around after Billy Bob Thornton and he thinks he's Santa. Thinks he's Santa. He, in the yeah, first film he, he actually thinks he's Santa, which is kind of like the the other end of the spectrum. To, I think this film is probably the other end of the spectrum to Elf. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably the other because it it yeah what he says like it's cynical. He's a drinker, everything like that. He swears and all that. So it's not what you expect for a Christmas movie at all. But as he says, somehow it retains a festive yeah, spirit. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Somehow nice it manages to, and it and gives you that little bit of redemption that may be a little bit more true to life of what a real life redemption story would be. It's not like, because at the end of the film, he doesn't turn around and be like, okay, now I know what the meaning of life no. is and Christmas. And I, oh, I totally love it. Merry no. Christmas, everybody. God yeah. bless us, everyone. <laughs> yeah, no James Stewart. He <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't walk around doing that. But like, But essentially where his character starts off, and where his character ends up, you're kind of like, yeah, we'll take that. that we'll take that. <laughs> that's yeah. a massive yeah, step for that. A real, guy. really major step. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a bit. All right, cool. So now we have Joe, Joe, formerly of this parish. Yep. Joe has said the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Jingle All Jingle the Way. All the way. <laughs> now, yeah. I'm not sure any of us has actually seen this film. I think I've seen this movie. You've seen, you've seen yeah, this movie. Well, I've, I've is this the of, one with Put the Cookie Down? This is, that is yeah. the one with Put the Cookie Down. I, yeah. I, I think it's it was one of those films where there was a few people around and it was on, you know, like sometimes you get some people around but you're, you're sort of chatting in between. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So it's on the TV so you, you might catch the odd bit, you know. Yeah. And then, then, so I didn't, I haven't seen it to sort of concentrate on it but I've, I've seen the bits of it and I've, I've seen to remember there's a towards the end the, there's a car chase with a Christmas tree on or something and perhaps, perhaps well, well I think that there is something like that because yeah. this is essentially and I think it's actually quite a clever film because it's based, it's based all around the commercialism of Christmas and it's all about the stress that a lot of parents have of trying to get that perfect toy the that, must have toy the must have toy it's the same it's a way like I think probably about 
oh my, it must be about 20 years ago when yeah, Toy Story first Buzz came out Lightyear. and the Buzz Lightyear thing uh, came yeah, out. Yeah. And I think this film is pretty much almost like a commentary on that whole thing uh. because there's this character called Turbo Man and there's a toy called Turbo Man and Arnold Schwarzenegger has left it to late to get a Turbo Man for his son and that's the only thing his son wants for Christmas because he's been too busy with work and all that kind of stuff. And it's essentially him rushing down on Christmas Eve trying to get his son a Turbo Man present for Christmas <laughs> and all the crazy things that go that he goes through he ends up with a rival played by Sinbad <laughs> the comedian Sinbad he ends up with a rival who is essentially fighting him because it's like yeah, because they both are trying to get this whole thing so when they see a Turbo Man they're both running for him and like tripping each other up and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and it is it's Arnie at his most slapsticky and uh, so it's uh I remember seeing bits of it and liking it, but I think at the time when it came out, it was it came at the time of a Arnie backlash where people people you know the way it happens sometimes in Hollywood. Yeah, where you just have had enough. Where people just kind of go, that guy's had it, that guy's had it way too good for way too long. We need to bring him down a peg. So it was almost as if they just decided at a certain time, whatever Arnie made, we were not going to like it. Mm. So that's why Jingle All the Way sort of like and they thought, what's he? What? He's an action man. Now he's trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I must admit with his comedies, I'm not really, I mean, I, I mean, everybody loves that kindergarten cop, but I'm, yeah, I'm not twins, a big fan it? of it. And I'm not a fan of twins. And yeah. uh, said back to the old Scroogey stuff. I'm not really that miserable, honestly. Honestly. I, on the other hand, I like those films. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and now the final choice. We've just about got there. The final choice was by Mike Brownett. And Mike always does this to me. He always throws a curveball. And he has mentioned a film called Fewer Zang- Die Fewer Zangebowl. Bowler, I think it is. Because it's German. Die Fewer Zangebowler. Which means the punch bowl or something like that in German. And apparently, he and he's, the reason why he chose it is because, because feel-good Christmas comedy and Nazi wartime propaganda so rarely go together in one sentence. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and that's pretty much what this film is because this film is on YouTube. You can find the entire film on YouTube, but unsurprisingly, it's all in German, so I couldn't really follow it. And the auto-translate tool on YouTube is not quite un- understandable. <laughs> nice. So I, I tried doing auto-translate and I was like, this is not making any sense. <laughs> but the what we're hearing about the story and it's about a group of men and it's, it's called that because that's apparently the ball is like, it's it seems like, or the equivalent of how they'll make something like mulled wine or something like that mm-hmm. in Germany. And it's like a traditional bowl that around Christmas they use and they actually used to make all these drinks. And it starts off with all these men around this bowl. And they talk. one of them talks about how he never went to school and people said, oh, you missed out on university. So he decides to go back to university and then all these sort of shenanigans happen and all that kind of stuff. And it becomes like a, sounds like a laugh out Christmas comedy where he comes to actually realize, oh, this is what the point of life is. And this was commissioned by um, Goebbels. In, wow in, really it was made in 1944 so it was coming towards the end of world war ii and at the, apparently at that time when he says nazi propaganda this film what they commissioned a lot of heartwarming films that they wanted to be made and released to the wider public to distract people from how bad things were in mm. germany because of the war because of the like the um the financial um, problems with it and all that kind of stuff so they made all these films and apparently they made and it's so it has nothing to do with Nazi. It's pretty much just a nice, feel-good Christmas comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, it makes me wish I could understand German. But it, it's, it's quite funny that it comes up. And you were thinking that maybe it was one of the films that you'd seen that gets shown on TV at every Christmas in Germany. Germany, yeah. But, it, might, it might have been a TV show. But there was one that I, I know particularly said, oh, it's a must-watch at Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was a story. That was a similar sort of thing. But it was like a, some people round at a Christmas party 
and the old lady's Christmas party and, and there's a guy waiter that comes around and does everything at the end and more wine madam more wine i remember that bit you know more wine oh yes chief so yeah <laughs> okay so anyway with that we just want to say thank you very much for everybody who suggested something thank you mike i mean that's one i'm gonna have to go learn german and then watch but um so thanks for all the folks thanks for being so so much part of our um christmas show and always left to say is that we wish you a merry christmas okay. and we'll see you in the new year have a merry christmas have a merry Bye. christmas guys Yeah. <laughs>